It's time for Love Talk with the Love Ladies, Kathy, Carrie, and Evelyn. Love talking today about the joyful new year. Thank you, Devin, and we are excited today to be in the studio here in Austin, Texas with my friend and my other friend <laughs> that's on the phone today uh, with Miss Kathy and Miss Carrie, and we are excited because Jesus is exciting. Well, it's a new decade. Absolutely. Uh, it's 2020. It's I never 2020. thought I'd live to be 2050. Miss <laughs> uh, Evelyn, we didn't even think we we're going to make it past Y2K, right? <laughs> like, you know, do you remember oh, that scare yes. with the computers oh, and everything gosh. was going to blow up and, you know, yes. disintegrate into dust? Um, and here we are 20 years later. It's yes. 2020. I, I am I am just blown away um, at how we here we are in the new decade. It's been kind of fun to listen to you know the decades best right gadgets or the <laughs> decades best songs or whatever uh, that everybody's been coming out with. That's been pretty fun. Oh gosh, well you know the season has gone quickly by. It seems sure by. it always does. And so many wonderful things are happening uh, across this nation. Um, we had uh, Brian already in this past week and um, uh, just planning for what God's going to do out of this great state of Texas in regard to calling people to prayer. And uh, there's so many things we cannot even begin to count them. But prayer is going to be the crutch for anyone who's wounded to come to this to the reality of the love of the Lord Jesus. And it's it's just growing. It's growing every day. You're and it's just so such an inspiration, Miss Evelyn. I, I constantly tell people that you have more energy in your 88-year-old <laughs> body than, uh, than uh, four of us, than Kathy and I put together. It, it is unbelievable. <laughs> so right, Kathy? Hi, Kathy, by the way. Welcome. (laughs) Well, I do get tired and I do rest in the afternoon, but uh, when I can. But, you know, these are exciting times, and uh, we are so blessed, Kathy, that we have the the know-how and we've got the people to do for you to be in one place and us to be in the other, and we could talk to each other. Can you imagine what that was like a hundred years ago? Well, Miss Evelyn, I, I just know that God's not finished with you. I think you're gonna gonna be around forever because <laughs> you just every day you get up and you report for duty, like you said, right. for God's army. And uh, what an inspiration and blessing you are! And here you are in 2020. Well, let's officially say hello to our good friend. Hi, Kathy. Kathy Enderbrock's on the line. Hi, Terry. Hi, Evelyn. I love our topic today, cheer for the new year. And, you know, Carrie, you had mentioned earlier that um, back at the very beginning of this millennium, we were wondering if any of us was going to even be here in 2020 because yeah. of the Y2K scare. You know, all the technology was supposed to blow up and there was supposed to be uh, famine and, you know, all kinds of, of chaos mm-hmm. and you know, we've been having our all of our uh, very interesting environmental friends for the last 60 years say that the world is going to be coming to an end within the next uh, decade. And, you know, again, yet we see that, that God's timetable, that that is not happening. And there's so much I feel as though it seems as though there's so much that we can fear. There's so much that we can have us, you know, just take in and, and leave us shaken in our boots or we can get cheerful we can and i'm not talking about a a a false cheerfulness 
but we can turn to God and we can have a lot of cheer for this new year. And I'm excited to see, you know, what God's 2020 vision is, uh, you know, because his vision is perfect. And that's what we want to press into today. And we are um, our show, our key verse for today's show is it says, so cheer each other up at, with the hope that you have build each other up. In fact, that's what you are doing. So we get to cheer each other up as well as God cheers us up. And so I'm interested in pressing into this topic today, cheer for the new year, not a fake (laughs) cheer, but a really a cheer that's going to be infectious and perspective changing and life changing. Well, it's God's cheer for the new year, not just any old cheer, God's cheer for the new year. You know, we are in this new new decade now and I I I don't know about you Kathy Miss Evelyn but I used to watch the show 2020 when I was mm-hmm. growing up and I so wanted Barbara Walters to be at the ball drop uh you yeah. know the New York ball drop <laughs> and for it to be like 5 4 3 2 1 and for Barbara Walters to say welcome everyone to 2020 <laughs> I don't know um she used to just always crack me up when she said that um, but I, I love, um, that here we are. We're in this new year, this new decade, and it, it just feels fresh. It feels new. And I know that a lot of times we turn our eyes to, okay, all right, what is this year going to bring? Um, what do I want to accomplish this year? What do I want to do this year? I absolutely love the story that we're going to tell you today and that we're going to lead you through today in the Old Testament. Um, I, I'm so, um, I'm so excited about this show, Miss Evelyn. But before we get to that, I want you to tell us about what's been going on with you. You've got a new book coming, Love Talking with Jesus. Love Talking with Jesus. Uh, it, we have got, I think, 20 different co-authors. And Kathy, you, uh, this is a reminder for you this coming week. <laughs> uh, yeah. That is so exciting uh, to know that there are people that are gone through hardship, that God has healed and brought back to a place where they can serve. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about young couples that's in love, that that are in love, and mm-hmm. they are excited about what God's going to do in their life. Twenty different stories mm-hmm. in this, and it's called Love Talking with Jesus. With Jesus. And love talking is praying mm-hmm. and praising and we have much to do in that regard in this coming year. The fact that, you know, we, as you said, back in 2000, you know, people were just crazy. Thinking, <laughs> you know, here we got this new thing called computers. Mm-hmm. Life has changed so much in the last 20 years. It has. It really has. Yeah. But you know, one thing that has not changed it's the love of the Lord Jesus. It's unfailing and love. And the call Jesus. that he puts on our life to serve him and love others. And that's what love talks all about. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. You know, um, as we as we head into this new year, let's go ahead and get into our topic today. Um, this Christmas was a little different, you know. Um, first Christmas without Daddy. Um, oh. But... So blessed with a house full of cheer. Um, because... Uh, there's just really no other way to be. Of course, you know, we're sad at times, and that's okay. But looking forward to the future. Okay, Kathy, Evelyn, i got to ask you girls, were either one of you ever a cheerleader 
or did you ever try out for the cheerleading squad? Miss Evelyn, you go first. No, I didn't. I had health issues, mm-hmm. and I was not allowed to play any kind of sport or or tumble or cheer. No. No. Okay. So what I became was a journalist. I yes, I, I know. Tell about everybody else doing it and still doing that today. I know it's so great, <laughs> so great. Okay, Kathy, how about you? Were you ever a cheerleader? Did you ever carry the pom poms or try out for cheerleader? Okay, that's pretty funny. Yes, we were the Alcalde Leopards. Oh, <laughs> yes. And it was way, way, way back in third grade. Third grade. And it's funny because, yeah, I mean, just forever ago. And, it, you know, all the girls tried out. It wasn't like, um, were you or weren't you? I mean, if you were a girl and you were in third grade, of course you were going to try out because, I mean, that was, you just, you did. Everybody tried out. And we practiced together every recess. We would practice our cheers and practice our cheers and get ready for tryouts. And um, so I tried out. It was on the basketball. It was on an outdoor basketball court. And all of the selection judges were sitting in their chair. And there was about four or five of them. And a lot of them had been former high school cheerleaders or former college cheerleaders. And uh, so we were all very excited. And I got selected for the cheerleading squad. And um, But the only reason that I got uh, selected was because I could do a cartwheel. Oh. And I had a very loud voice. <laughs> so everybody could hear me. It's like kind of one of the times in my life when my incredibly loud voice has been an asset. But I had horrible uh, coordination and um, my dance skills were not fantastic. And um, anyway, but 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 I did. It was so it was in a little town in Alcalde right outside of Española, New Mexico. I was I, I was the only white girl at this school. All of my girlfriends and all of my friends were all uh, Hispanic background. And we had the, the, the best fun. I will tell you, they um, my my girlfriends knew how to have tons of fun. They were always so lighthearted. But, yeah, being on the cheerleading squad and going to the basketball games and cheering on all of our boys. Yeah, and anyway, it was, it, was, it was quite an experience. But the following year, my fourth grade year, I, we moved to a different school. We moved up to Albuquerque, and the girls up there were far more experienced, and they had been in gymnastics, and they could do all kinds of really incredible dance moves. And so my cheerleading career came to an abrupt end. Oh, well, I can appreciate the loud voice part, and I can also appreciate the uncoordinated part. I, I never tried out for cheerleader. Um, I was always on the, on, the, on the other end of that. I was always playing the sport that the cheerleaders were cheering for. Um, and so I very specifically remember several of the cheers that they would, that they would do. Um, like one was watermelon, watermelon, watermelon rind. Look at the scoreboard and see and see who's behind. And so that one was really fun. Um, and then a, a cheer that they would get the stands to do. They would say, "What keeps the cows in?" And then they'd want the stands to say, "Defense." <laughs> and I just thought that was so funny. What keeps the cows in? Defense. Defense. The fence? Defense? So funny. Anyways, and then of course my favorite of all time was the power cheer. You guys, you guys probably know this one. 
It goes P. Give me a P. No, well, this one, Mel, this one might be a little different. It goes P. P-O. P-O-W-E-R. We got power. Woo! And then you say your mascot. On ours was the Wildcats. Wildcat power. P. P-O. P-O-W-E-R. We got power. Woo! Wildcat power. So, anyways, I mean, those things are all catchy, right? And, uh. Next week you wear a short skirt and we'll have a demonstration. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, if you could just see this. <laughs> I know. It's so fun. So when we return to Love Talk after these messages from our amazing sponsors, I will tell you about a time that I was called a cheerleader and I really didn't appreciate it. When we return to Love Talk right after this. And welcome back, friends. This is Kathy Endebrock. You have found the love ladies in studio. is Coach Carrie Brinkader and the beautiful Miss Evelyn Davison. And we are talking about God's cheer for the new year. Friends, does our fear keep us from experiencing God's cheer in this new year? Well, we want to tackle that head on. And Carrie, I cannot wait to hear this story because we're talking about being a cheerleader and our history with that. And you kind of shared a few of your cheers with us. And you said that at one point in your life, you were called a cheerleader (laughs) and you didn't like it. Well, okay. So, yeah, I mean, I love cheerleaders. They're great. You know, I always appreciated the cheerleaders when I was coaching at our games and all of that. But one time when I was in college, um, we traveled by airplane quite a bit. And we leave right here from the Austin airport. And uh, our coach um, in in back in the nineties, we all we had to dress up. We had to wear mm-hmm. a skirt or a dress. Um, and we had to look proper, and so we didn't have anything that we were wearing that said that we were the women's basketball team at Southwestern University. We looked like a bunch of young women that were dressed up. And so we were at the airport flying to uh, who knows where, one of our games, and we happened to be on the same plane as the University of Texas men's basketball team. And so the men's basketball team boarded before we boarded, and of course they were decked out in UT gear, right? You know, a UT jacket and sweatpants and their bags and everything burnt orange and so the people that were already on the plane and of course they're huge men right people are oh UT men's basketball UT men's basketball and then we walk in behind the UT men's basketball team and one of the passengers said to us oh y'all must be the cheerleaders and we were like No, we are the women's basketball team from Southwestern University. We were so, like, we were just offended uh, that, no, we're not the cheerleaders for these guys. We are the women's basketball team for Southwestern University. So, you know, it was just kind of one of those things that um, we were like, no, we play basketball too. Hello. Uh, (laughs) um, I'd love to be the little mouse over here. Right. (laughs) But it was a lot of fun. Um, And, you know, the definitions of cheer are shout for joy in praise or encouragement and give comfort or support to Cheerleaders help teams in a couple of ways. They they encourage the team when they're down. They they help squelch their weakness weaknesses. Like when you step to the free throw line, the cheerleaders, you know, they have their pom poms and they're supporting the player. They just know that the player is going to make that free throw, right? 
And then secondly, when a team is winning or after a win, they cheer loudly in support. And that's always so fun. It's important to have cheerleaders in our lives. Right, Miss Evelyn? Mm-hmm. It is because, you know, we all get discouraged. Mm-hmm. You know, our job sometimes is bigger than what we think we can do. Or we are, you know, lost the love of our life. There are always those kind of problems that drag us down. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one of the things that can change so quickly is just a short word of prayer. If we just make that one connection, because uh, he is our cheerleader. The Lord Jesus is our cheerleader. He said, uh-oh, let's just uh, rework that one. Uh, you know, sometimes we have all days, all, all, day, all day long. It seems like nothing comes together. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one of the things that we have to do is we got to stand up and be heard and admit when we are wrong or when we were afraid, or really fall into a weakness instead of operating in our strengths Mm -hmm. because we have a cheerleader. We do. And I love this story. I was kind of at a, I was kind of at a crossroads about this show when I was writing it. And so I, I sent you guys an email and Kathy sent and said, help, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. And Kathy sent this great passage in second Chronicles 20. Second Chronicles 20, it's not that long of a chapter. We're not going to read every verse here today, but we are going to pick out specific verses. It's a great story of our wonderful cheerleader God who never leaves us, and he gives us that, that power, that P, P-O, P-O-W-E-R. He gives us that power to stand. We see the main character in this story is Jehoshaphat, and he was a wonderful king. Um, when I think of great kings, I, I think of decisive men, strong. Some were ruthless to a degree. Men who are the, the captain of the team, so to speak, and always seem to have the answers. Like the quarterback. Everybody kind of you know, looks to them, right? But let's look at this crisis that was facing this great leader, Jehoshaphat, and how he exhibited what what characteristics he exhibited? Did he exhibit this worldly definition of power? Did he exhibit strength and ruthlessness as he faced a big problem? Did he dive in with all the leadership skills he had learned over his 25 years as being a king? So let's look at this. In in Second Chronicles chapter 20, the crisis is is there in the opening verses of this chapter. There were three armies coming against Jehoshaphat to make war. The Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Mennonites. And Jehoshaphat and the people's need is reinforced again and again because it it says over and over in the scripture, um, four times in fact, a vast army. (laughs) It says it in verse Mm 2, in verse 12, in verse 15, and again in verse 24. A vast army, Miss Evelyn, Kathy, not, not you know, a couple of uh, folks coming to wage war. And so Jehoshaphat's reaction is, of course, one of alarmed. And it says in verses 3 and 4, it says this, Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord indeed. 
they came from every town in Judah to seek him. So the first thing that Jehoshaphat did was he inquired of the Lord. Now, when you think of great leaders and you think of people in power and you think of, you know, the quarterback of the team or the captain of the team, you think action. Jehoshaphat, he stopped. He said, hold on, hold on a second. Lord, Lord, we got to come to you. Okay, Judah, I need everyone to fast and I need all to come here. I need from every, from everywhere and I need you to come here and we need to fast and we need to be together. This response was perfectly understandable, and it was perfectly perfect. After all, the news comes, the numbers that are attacking you are unquantifiable. They're united in their approach against you. Now, if we think about all of Jehoshaphat's accomplishments, he was effective in, reform, in reforming the principles of, the, of this nation. He had a profile of significance in leadership. Um. So he has all of these accolades, but this profile that he enjoys and this position that he has fulfilled and the procedures that he's put in place, nothing prevents him from hearing this news. He's not immune to fear. In fact, what does he do with that fear? He takes it to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And Miss Evelyn, I... I it just it just made me pause so much. Does your fear keep you from experiencing God's cheer? Because God had cleared the path for Jehoshaphat to be the king of this nation. He had cleared the way. And so he says, okay, you know what, God, you've cleared the way. Let, let me bring this to you. Now, now, Kathy, I mean, does does our fear keep us from experiencing God's cheer? It can. What are we holding on to? Are we holding on to the fear Mm -hmm. or are we holding on to God? I mean, that's we get to find out what Jehoshaphat does. And Carrie, it's exactly like you said. Jehoshaphat had a long history of a lot of military success. He had a long history of prosperity as king over the entire um a nation of Judah. And remember, this is the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom of Israel has broken off and, and not done so well. But Judah under Jehoshaphat, they have turned to God. They've they've um, focused on God's ways. And, and um, where, whereas the northern kingdom had turned away from God. But so what did Jehoshaphat do with this fear? Did he press into fear and run? Did he did he turn away? Did he put all of his faith in his own military might? Because he had hundreds of thousands of trained military men and leaders. But so it says in, if we pick up in verse 5, it says that Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah at Jerusalem in the temple of the Lord in front of the new courtyard. And then in 13 it says, all the men of Judah with their wives and children and little ones stood there. So, I mean, everyone is there. Everyone is there to see what is our king going to do. And he stood. He stood in the presence of God. He didn't stand with his military leaders trying to figure out what to do. He waited on God. So this this powerful leader who is very adept at making military decisions, called his people together, 
and they stood. They stood until they heard from the Lord. They didn't make rash decisions. They didn't press into fear. They waited on the voice of the Lord with hope and trust. And it's an incredible, it's an incredible picture. And this is the picture that we want to emulate, that we want to press into. If there is something difficult that we're facing, we want to gather together and we want to press into God. And Evelyn, I have a question for you. Jehoshaphat, he, he was afraid. He gathered all of his people together. He stood before the Lord. So when we're fearful, then how, how do we apply that principle today in our lives? Well, we have to really understand the authority that Jehoshaphat had and realize that we still have that same authority today when we re- when we come to a situation where it's above us, it's above our, our neighborhood, it's above our state, above our nation, and that is that we stand before the Lord and call on him uh, in times that are unsettled. And it's, it's time for us to take our break. There is one more thing that um, this is important in being unsettled, and we'll talk about that right after this. Happy New Year, friends, and welcome to Love Talk. This is Kathy Endebrock. In studio is Coach Carrie Brinkater and the First Lady of Love, Evelyn Davison. And we are talking about God's cheer for the new year. And as we are looking uh, ahead to 2020, we want to take, um, we want to hold on to, to God and the cheer that he gives us in our relationship with him. And, you know, in the first two segments, Carrie, Evelyn, we've been looking at this incredible story of the king over Judah, Jehoshaphat, and this incredible situation that he was in, which was very, it's a very fearful, scary situation for his entire nation. And so Jehoshaphat uh, hears that all of these armies, these vast armies that are unquantifiable in number are going to be coming against him, even from across the sea. So they're coming out of Egypt. And uh, Jehoshaphat, even though he has hundreds of thousands in his army of trained, capable men and military leaders, he realizes that this vast army uh, is just not a match for his and that he's basically looking at the entire destruction of his nation. And so Jehoshaphat, as king over all of Judah, the nation of Judah, he can tell his people, hey, evacuate and run and leave behind um, all that you have. Run for your lives. Um, he can say, hey, you know what? We're going we're gonna to go forward with our armies, and we're going to put this in God's hand and do the best that we can. Uh, There's so many different options that Jehoshaphat can take as a skilled military leader over a very prosperous nation of Judah. But it's so interesting what he does. He stops. He calls all of the people of Judah, all the people of the nation of Judah, to fast and to come together. And so they go to the temple in Jerusalem and they seek God. They gather together and we see this beautiful picture. We have King Jehoshaphat and all of the people of the nation. And it's it's not just the adult males or just the the, the men and and women, but it's the children and the little ones. Everyone is here knowing that this vast army is coming to wipe them out. And, you know, Carrie Evelyn, I love it that 
that King Jehoshaphat doesn't go forward with this, you know, false pride and, mm-hmm. you know, saying, oh, we're the nation of God. We can overcome uh, anything. He basically says, God, what would you have us do? And we don't see a king who's petrified in fear and unable to move forward. We see a king who is secure in his relationship with God and knows that God is the God of their nation. And he calls the people together and they stand. They stand before the presence of God and they wait for their orders. They wait for God to tell them what to do. I mean, that's just that's amazing. And I think that as the people of God, you know, we need to wait on God during those times when we might be filled with fear and wait to hear from him what we ought to do. And Carrie, you've also included two other people that the Old Testament, I mean, there's multiple examples of this throughout the Old Testament, but you've given us these two people, one in particular, Gideon, who was also in a very similar situation, not a king, but just a person in the nation that is is standing in a place where his entire future is is um, not not looking very good from his perspective. Well, isn't it interesting, too, that when we're slapped in the face by the fact that we're powerless, no matter how much worldly power we may have, whether we're the leader, the captain, the the person that everybody looks to, when we're kind of slapped in the face with this, like, oh, man, I I am powerless without you, Lord. That's when we tend mm-hmm. to turn our face to God. And time after time after time, the Lord shows us these these people, and he uses people, Miss Evelyn, Kathy, that seem to be, seem to have no power at all. All throughout Scripture, not only does he use these powerful kings, but he uses the lowly of the lowlies. I mean, let's look at the story of Gideon. It's in Judges 6, 15, and 16. And Gideon's, Gideon's like, oh, hey, hang on, Lord, uh, just a second. He actually, the Scripture actually says, pardon me, my Lord, pardon me. But but how can I save Israel? My my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the very least in my family. The Lord had called upon Gideon and said, Hey, Gideon, I, I got a job for you. And Gideon was like, Whoa, 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 pardon, pardon me, Lord. <laughs> I find that comical. Um, excuse me. Like he has to tap him on the shoulder. Uh, excuse me, Lord. But, but I'm the, my clan is the weakest. There's, there's 11 other clans out there that are way more powerful than I am. And I'm, I'm the least in my family. And the Lord said, Gideon, I will be with you. And you will strike down all of the Midianites, leaving none alive. <laughs> so he gives Gideon this very straightforward answer. And I'm sure Gideon's like, uh, okay, uh, all, all, all right, God. Um, but Gideon, he was filled with this fear before he received God's cheer. Mm-hmm. And God said, hey, man, I got your back. I'm right here. I've got the pom-poms. I'm going to be cheering you on. I'm right behind you. Don't you know I'm going to be with you? And I'm going to strike down all of these Midianites. And what's so so interesting, you know, God says, when, when Gideon says, I'm the weakest, like I'm the least in my family. My clan is weak, God. God says, Psh, that's right, Gideon, but you're my man. Mm-hmm. You're my man. I, I'm going to walk you through this. 
And uh, Evelyn, I just, I find this so encouraging that when we are thinking we're not good enough, we're not smart enough, we're, we're not, we're not, we're not, and we use that word to describe ourselves over and over and over again, and we take it to God, God says, you know what, here's what you are. He, he doesn't tell us what we are not. He says, here's what you are. You're strong. You're powerful. I've, I've got you. And what a way to, to picture ourselves, Miss Evelyn, when we're feeling like we're powerless. Instead of continuing to tell ourselves over and over, we're not, we're not, we're not, to change that around and look at what God tells us we are. You know, that's where we are in this nation right now. Think about it, Carrie. Mm-hmm. We're all lined up. The, the forces are out there. Uh, uh, our president has been impeached. Uh, we could look at where we are in America today much like uh, God looked at Jehoshaphat and, and, and counseled him. We must pray for our leaders in this nation. Mm-hmm. We have got to do what Jehoshaphat did. Tie, call everybody together. And you know, that has started right here in Austin, Texas. Right. Uh, there's a young man that was serving with uh, Franklin Graham. Uh, oh, when Franklin uh, did the state um, capital events. And I serve as the Central Texas coordinator for Samaritan's Purse, which, uh, you know, prayer coordinator, which is um, also uh, Operation Christmas Child. And so that when we had that, uh, three, I think it was three years ago now, maybe three and a half, uh, People from all over the state of Texas came to Austin mm-hmm. to pray. And we felt like that's exactly where we were is where Jehoshaphat was. And where Gideon was. Like, Lord, I can't do this. Help yes. me. Yes. Help me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Kathy, do you have another example for us in uh, Jeremiah? Yes, I love the story of Jeremiah. And uh, just a few verses out of Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 6 through 9 Jeremiah says, alas, sovereign Lord, I don't even know how to speak. I'm too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out and touched Jeremiah's hand. And touched his mouth and said to, said to Jeremiah, I have put my words in your mouth. And Jeremiah was filled with fear before he received God's cheer. And let me tell you, Carrie Evelyn, there are no better words that we can have on our lips than God's word. As we are cheering ourselves up, as we're speaking God's word to ourselves, or if we're going and cheering others up and speaking God's word to them. And you know, this is so different than our contemporary view of, of power. And, you know, sometimes we assume things are such um, a lost situation. Like, Ms. Evelyn, you said that here we are in a nation where our president has been impeached. And, and I say, you know what? No, no, he has not been impeached. impeached. I mean, yes, we have a, a partisan group who has twisted our constitution Mm -hmm. and broken all the rules and they've put together articles of impeachment articles that they want to bring against our president they have said yes 
we're officially taking these charges against our president. But then the Senate has to hear that and judge that. And um, so, uh, you know, I think that God is saying, hey, it is not over yet. Do not (laughs) give up. And I love the fact that our president is still standing for all of our Christian Mm -hmm. brothers and sisters who are being murdered and in genocide levels overseas. He knows that that um, that's not the popular thing to do. The popular thing is to say, no, no, no. You know, uh, Christians aren't being killed and this isn't happening. And let's just ignore it like the media is ignoring it. But he doesn't do that. He stands up and says he talks to the United Nations and he says, this is wrong. You need to address this. And, you know, he's leaving all of this, this, uh, all of this um, obstruction and injustice that is being done to him. He's. You know, I, I believe he is trusting God, and you can see so many people that are in his office praying for him. And over Christmas, he he talked about, "Hey, remember what Christmas re- brings, yes. and what remember what Christmas means for our nation." Yeah. And he's pointing us back to God, and he's giving us back our religious freedoms that have been taken away. And he is standing firm, and I love that. And so this is so different from our contemporary view of power. Mm-hmm. And I, I just I love that we can see him standing firm just as Jehoshaphat turned to God and stand firm. I, I know, Carrie, gosh, we are out of time in this segment. I really want to see what God does as Jehoshaphat and the people are standing before him, waiting on him, trusting on him. Mm-hmm. We're going to find out what God does. We're going to hear from our sponsors And we'll be back with you, friends. Stay with us to see what God does right after this. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's Christian Talk and the Love Ladies. This is Coach Carrie Brinkater with my girls here, Miss Evelyn Davis and the First Lady of Love, and Kathy Enderbrock. Great to have you today. We're looking at this cheer for the new year, and we've just examined these stories of men who are standing before God And taking their weakness and their fear and not shoving it. I I mean, Miss Evelyn, Kathy, I feel like I take my weakness and fear and I shove it in a closet. I don't want anybody to see that I'm weak or that I'm afraid. Um, And these men are just staring it in the face and saying, okay, Lord, I can't do this. What you got for me? Mm-hmm. I mean, Jehoshaphat, he, he's about to be destroyed by these vast armies, which it says over and over again. And Gideon's like, uh, God, I, I'm I'm weak. My, my clan is weak. And I'm the least among my clan. And he doesn't hide it. He tells the Lord how he really feels. And, and then you've got Jeremiah that says, I'm too young and I don't know how to speak, God. I can't, I can't do these things you're asking me to do. And the Lord says, oh, yes, you can. And I'm going to equip you to do it. Oh, it's just these men didn't stuff in their their fear in a closet and pretend they weren't afraid. They cried out to God for help and he came running. He was their biggest cheerleader. God's purpose is that we might depend on him entirely. That's what each of these stories, these true stories we see the supremacy of this enemy and the inadequacy of the people. And God just turns it around and says, I got you. 
You know, they all, all of these men came to the realization that they were powerless and that they were clueless. They, they didn't have an idea of what to do. And we, when we come to that point, we turn our eyes to Jesus. We don't know what, what else to do except turn our eyes to Jesus. It's incredibly humbling and freeing all at the same time. So you might be saying, okay, Carrie, I, I get it. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm so used to stuffing my fear in the closet and never admitting I'm powerless. I put on these airs like I know all the answers. I like to be in control. I don't want to feel clueless. I I don't want to feel like I don't have it all together. I don't like to feel inadequate. Uh, Friends, I hear you. I I get it. I I am that kind of person. I am an action at all costs kind of person. I, I, I I'm kind of a knee jerk reaction kind of person. And I've really had to work on that over the years because those are not the best of ways to handle things. Um, have you ever taken action without standing still first? Have you ever taken action before you sought the quiet place with God? I know I have. I, I still tend to do this, but but here's the catch. God wants us. to. He wants to be our biggest cheerleader and, and we don't allow him to be that when we just react to things. He wants to give us that P, that P-O, that P-O-W-E-R. But we have to take it to him first. So for those of us who may be a little frustrated or a little concerned or a little baffled at, at the absence of strategy or strategic thinking or a, or a listed out plan, it's time for us to say, you know what, Lord? I don't know what to do, but my, my my eyes are on you. They're they're on you completely, and we invite the people of God to stand with us in that posture, just like Miss Evelyn was talking about. I'm standing together and praying for this nation. We stand before God. We admit our weakness and fear, and we wait for our cheerleader to give us instructions. Okay, Kathy, help us return to the story of Jehoshaphat. Let's see how it ends. Okay, so Jehoshaphat is standing there with the people, waiting on the Lord, admitting that they cannot, they cannot overcome this enemy. And this is what the Lord says. God says, do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions. Stand firm. See the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Wow, the Lord literally tells Jehoshaphat and his people that he's got this. He doesn't want them to worry. And and he's telling them, hey, you go out, you stand together, and you watch what I am going to do. Because God has the P.O. power mm-hmm. to defeat these armies. It, it, and it's just so important for us to remember that. Well, and it cracks me up how the the scripture um, takes us through this battle so um, two of the armies kind of align against one of the other armies, and they destroy that army. And then the two armies that have aligned with each other, they decide 
that they don't like each other, and then they they <laughs> destroy one another. And and Jehoshaphat and his nation literally stands and watches them destroy each other, absolutely destroy each other, which cracks me up, Miss Evelyn. We put God in this box, right? And and we're like, oh, I, I can't imagine what God would do in this situation. It's impossible. And then God gets creative, and <laughs> and he just comes up with something that we can't even imagine. Well, he, he assigns us the position of being a cheerleader. And um, it's important for us to remember that even though the Lord sweeps in at times uh, to be our cheerleader, we must always remember to be his cheerleader as well. And, you know, there are just so many illustrations of doing that. You know, I think about where America is now, and we have the two big, strong uh, prayer groups that are working. One is National Day of Prayer, which we've done for 40-something years. Uh, and then America Praise, which is the new 24 hours of pay. There are 40,000 people in this nation praying every night for, for, our, for our, just for our country. But, you know, when you look at it from that point of view, in Chronicles 20, 21, it says, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord. Now, isn't that a funny thing? Here the soldiers are going to come to me in and take everything they've got. And Jehoshaphat says, well, go out there and, and, and form a choir. Let's sing and let's praise. Yeah. But, you know, it um, it was the splendor of holiness as they went out and the head of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love does what? Endures, Endures forever. forever. I- He's not stopped loving us because we've made a mistake. His love endures forever. Well, and for Jehoshaphat to say, okay, y'all go sing and praise the Lord. Let's just sit back and watch. How freeing is that, Miss Evelyn? What a glorious picture he gives us as we stand before the Lord and throw him our weakness and throw him our fear. He cheers and praises and our cheers and our praise go back to him. Because we've we've lifted this burden off of ourselves. We should all want to be cheerleaders, even while we stand waiting. And sometimes we're still fearful. Our cheers and our praise take our mind off of the immediate problem and refocus us back on the Lord. And that's what Jehoshaphat did. He said, okay, we're not going to worry about this. We're just going to focus on the Lord. It's This story is so beautiful and so rich, and it has so many layers. Kathy, you want to finish this up for us? Well, and so as they – and I want, to, I want to say, just like Evelyn has said, they started praising and singing to God before even – before God moved at all. Before I mean, he revealed his plan, huge, Yeah. Yes, before he revealed his plan, and they just stood up and sang, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against these vast armies. So these armies that came to destroy Jehoshaphat ended up destroying each other. Mm -hmm. But God doesn't stop there. Then the people went down to this valley that they now call the Valley of Praise. And they went down praising the whole way. And they gathered all of the spoils of war. 
So they didn't have to fight, and yet they got all the benefits of war. They were saved. And then they went and collected the gold and the treasure and everything that these armies had brought with them. It took them three days for all of the people to gather all the spoils of war and all this treasure and take it back to Jerusalem. And they, on the fourth day, they were cheering and praising the Lord. In four days. In f- I just, I, I love this. I absolutely love this. So, friends, I will ask you today, is your fear keeping you from God's cheer? You know, Jehoshaphat told God, we, we do not know what to do, but we will keep our eyes on I you. <laughs> friends, that takes courage. Mm-hmm. It takes guts. It, it might be the hardest thing you ever do to say to the Lord, I, I'm weak, man. I, can't, I cannot do this, God. I am so afraid, and, and I do not know what to do. When we admit that we can't do it, and that we don't have that power, and we give that to God, we give our relationships to God, we give that struggling teen to God, we give that addiction to God wholly and completely, and we say, God, I don't know what to do. I don't have power over this, and I'm afraid. He says, I got you. He wants to come in and he wants to be your cheerleader. He wants to be the one who cheers you even through this this weakness and this time that you're afraid. He wants to do that for us. And here at Love Talk, we just pray that that the Lord will help us all learn what it means to bow before him and confess our need. And acknowledge that dependence and discover God's ultimate grace because he wants to give that to us to fulfill the roles that he has for us because we've given it all to him in our life, in our home, in our work, and in the framework of all that we do or should do as we keep our eyes on Jesus. Friends, we love you so much. We're so grateful that you have found the love ladies. Tell all your friends. You can find us on Love Talk Network. And you can always call us on the love line at 512-249-6535. We'll see you next time right here on Love Talk.